0: I was a little jealous of that because I never I never heard anything like that and for me it was just kind of so so don't think that you you know well God has never called me so I, I don't need to consider being a missionary not true God will lead you step by step I was 45 years old when he led me to go to Togo West Africa I was 48 years old when I learned French uh, so my French is not perfect, but, uh, but that's okay. God, God can do it. God can do it. So that's what's exciting. I also want to just say thank you very much to Pastor Dave and also Pastor Bob in Bellingham for their flexibility. Uh, originally, I had hoped to be up in the Northwest for like six weeks. The uh, health of my mom or, or non-health of my mom did not allow that. And so instead, I kind of crunched the different uh, churches and they were so flexible they actually came up with I think Pastor Dave you thought of the idea of how about doing both services on one Sunday so this is not this was not my plan this was not my desire but I appreciate their flexibility in making this work out like that Uh, let me just take a minute if you would just to just to bow our heads and uh, because I sense that I need to pray and uh, so before we go any further let's just pray Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here at First Baptist Ferndale this morning. Thank you for every individual that's here. Father, I know that I need uh, your ability to say what you want me to say today, to explain what you want me to explain. I pray that the people that are here would hear what you want them to hear. And I pray that you would use words to challenge their heart, that it would be the Holy Spirit working that would touch their hearts. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me also say one other thing. On the table over here, there are some uh, prayer cards. Please help yourself to as many as you would like. Um, I can't imagine why anybody would want more than one. Uh, And uh, please help yourself, too, to the brochures, Adopt a Student Nurse brochure. I'll say a little bit more about that later. I'd like to take you to Togo with me. I was here in 2009 the last time, and so it's been a few years since I've had the privilege of taking you to Togo. And I just want to share with you what God has been doing there over the last few years. Um, I have the privilege of serving with an organization, ABWE, Association of Baptists for World Evangelism. The goal that we have, you'll notice up there on the bottom, the goal that we have is that of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, evangelism, and church planting. I'm going to talk to you a lot today about the nursing school. I direct the nursing school. I teach in the nursing school. I direct what we call our community health evangelism ministry, or CHE ministry. But but the the goal of everything I do, the goal of everything that every mission missionary in our organization does, our mission does, is to see people come to Jesus Christ, it's to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, is to do what, what, what we were just singing about, to be able to present what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ, to know you're going to heaven, to have your sins forgiven. And that's what, that's what we are, are here for. That's what we're there for. That's what you're here for. Uh, if you're a believer, that's what you're here in Ferndale for. I serve in the country of Togo which is a small country. Uh, Pastor Dave and Sue have been there and several of you have been there I think with different teams to help with the construction of our northern hospital and uh, thank you so much for your involvement in Togo and many of you have prayed. A lot of people signed up for my prayer letter list the last time and I really believe that if people know the prayer needs they pray. So there are prayer letter, letter sign-up sheets also over there on the table. I would just say, please, if you have a chance, just sign up your, your name, your email address. If you don't have an email address, sign up your snail mail address. I would love to have you know what's going on in Togo and what the prayer needs are. Uh, our hospital and uh, I'll kind of wander around here a little bit I think I can do that um, our hospital where I live and serve is here in the south of Togo uh, on March 2nd of this year we just opened a second hospital in Togo that is not on my map here I apologize for that but that's up here in the town of Mongo or the city of Mongo and uh, that's what many of you had the opportunity to go over to Togo and uh, you to work on that hospital and to help us uh, get that going so we are we're thankful for that. In the south of Togo, the main religion is that of fetishism. Fetishism or animism or idolatry, you can, you can call it whatever you want, but they're all very similar. Uh, the idea is that inanimate objects have spirit power. So a tree, a rock, uh, a river uh, may have spirit power. And so you may bring gifts to that spirit. You may bring sacrifices to that spirit. You can put a curse on people. You can be cursed. It's a religion of fear. Uh, This is a tree that uh, I was with a bunch of Togolese one day, and we were driving down the road, and uh, they said, did you see that tree back there? And I said, no, I didn't. So I stopped the car, backed up, went back, and looked at the tree. You can see the red uh, material on the tree, some white material on the tree. That is a fetish tree. People bring gifts to that tree. People bring offerings to that tree, believing that the spirit of that tree can help them. That's the religion in the, the south of Togo. That's what we deal with in the south. In the north of Togo, it is predominantly Muslim. About 80% Islamic around the site where we just built our new hospital. But God is... God is opening the hearts in both parts of Togo, north and south, and that's what's exciting to see. He is opening hearts, whether it's in the Muslim north or whether it's in the fetish south. He's opening the hearts of people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we praise him for that. The goal of why we we're there is to be able to see people come to Jesus Christ and to see churches planted and then reproducing. And so we're excited about that. Uh, when they were building the hospital in the north of Togo, The people in that area were so excited about a new hospital being built, they did not have adequate health care in that area, and so even the imams, the people who are the religious leaders in the Muslim faith, were telling their people, pray that this hospital will be built. They knew it was a Christian hospital, but they were praying for it to be built. However, about three weeks ago, I got a message from Togo, and one of our missionaries said, pray for us. She said those same imams that were praying for this hospital are now telling their people, don't listen to these people. Don't listen to the missionaries. Don't listen to the believing Togolese who are there. So pray for, pray for our missionaries. Pray for our believing Togolese who are there. Our prayer is that God would keep that door open, that he would just continue to allow his word to penetrate hearts in the, the north of Togo as well as in the south. The verse that I wanted to kind of base this whole uh, idea on my presentation to you today is this one in Isaiah 26, verse 12. You may not find that verse exactly like this in your Bible. This is from the French Bible. I was reading it one day in the French, and I thought, whoa, I love this verse. And and I translated it into English for the slide today. Uh, But it says, Lord, you give us peace. For all that we do, it is you who accomplishes it for us. It's not us. It's not us. We are not the ones that accomplish things for Christ, it is God who accomplishes and we are blessed because he chooses to use us. So it's not the missionary that does the work, it's not the people who send the missionaries, it's not the people who pray for the missionaries, but every single one of those people are necessary. I, in Togo, am a representative of churches and individuals in the United States, and God allows me to work in Togo. God allows you to give to support your missionaries. He allows all of us to pray for each other so that the work of Jesus Christ is done. But it's him who does the work. It's not us. It's him who does the work. And so that's what I wanted. I want to lift him up today. And I want you to see Togo. Mostly I want you to see what God's doing because that's pretty exciting. Uh, What is he accomplishing through the medical ministry in Togo. Like I said, we have a hospital in the south, been there for like 20, oh, 30 years now, I guess. Uh, We have a hospital now in the north of Togo. Uh, This is our hospital in the south of Togo. I got some statistics for the year 2014, just to share a little bit about our hospital with you. We have a 50-bed hospital, but we are the second busiest hospital in Togo. 50-bed hospital, that's not very big. But God has blessed us. God has allowed us to, to just be able to see so many people. And our goal is that nobody would come to our hospital and leave without hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're, that's what we're there for, to, to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are also one of the most respected hospitals in Togo, and I don't say that pridefully. I say that just because God is the one that is able to do that. Um, we saw almost 26,000 patients in our hospital in 2014. 26,000 patients in our hospital and in our clinic. That is a lot of people touched with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We did almost, no, I shouldn't say we, I did no surgeries, thank, thank the Lord. Uh, and the patients thank the Lord. Uh, but there were, there were almost 15, 1,500 surgeries done in our hospital. That is with one full-time surgeon. Uh, so you can imagine what that's like. Thankfully, there are a lot of short-term surgeons who come and go. Without that, our surgeon would not be alive. Uh, but that keeps us going. But the, the statistics that thrills me is the next one. Because over two, in 2014, over 2,000 people professed faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. That's, that's what's exciting to me. Do I believe that every single one of those 2,000 people truly accepted Jesus Christ? No, I don't but I know that every single one of them heard the gospel, responded in their hearts by saying, I want to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. I know for me, living in America, living in a Christian family, it took hearing hearing the gospel repeatedly before I truly understood and came to faith in Jesus Christ. So I'm not saying that all 2,000 of those people truly understood the gospel, accepted Christ, but think about it. If only 10% of those... Truly understood, that's over 200 people. There are, there are countries who would love that kind of a statistic. Countries in which it takes years before one convert comes to Christ. So we thank God for the openness. You can go to, and, and Pastor Dave and Sue, you can testify to this. I'm sure you can, you can stand on the street corner in the capital city in Togo, hand out a tract, and uh, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will be flooded with individuals who also want that literature. That doesn't happen, I don't think, in Ferndale. I know it doesn't happen in any of the the places where I've lived in the United States. So that's exciting. I remember when I first became a missionary, full-time missionary, back in 2000, and I was calling some different churches and just saying, you know, is there a possibility I could come to your church, share a little bit about how God is directing me and the ministry in Togo. And I called a church in Virginia. And uh, so I talked to the pastor, and I said, uh, would it be okay to come and, and speak with your church? And and he said, well, Sharon, he said, we'd love to have you. But he said, our church has made the decision that we will support only missionaries who are going into closed countries. And and I thanked him. I said, thank you. I, thank, I appreciate your honesty. Thank you very much for letting me know that. But I got to thinking about that afterwards. And I thought, you know, thank the Lord for churches who support missionaries who go into open countries as well. Thank the Lord that, that some churches are not restrictive, saying these are the only people we will support. Because think about it, Togo is wide open, but only God knows how long Togo is going to be open. Only God knows. We have no idea if Togo will close this year or next, or tomorrow. We have no idea. God knows. And God has allowed us to be there. And, and thank, thank Him for the openness. And we want to see as many people come to Christ as possible before Togo closes, or before the Lord comes back. So we are we're thankful uh, for those opportunities. Uh, the, this is the employee body at the new hospital in Mongo. For some of you who went there and who worked on the hospital early, in the construction phase. You can see some huge differences, but you can kind of just see it in the background there. Um, but it is exciting to see what God has done. This will be a 60-bed hospital eventually. Right now it's only a 40-bed hospital because of not having enough nurses. So I am talking to people everywhere in the world about that I can, where I can find people who are nurses. So if you're a nurse, um, I would like to talk to you after the service. Uh, if you know a nurse, uh, if, if you think you know a nurse, if you see somebody who looks like a nurse, uh, just <laughs> kind of send them my way and, uh, <clears throat> And we desperately, desperately, desperately need nurses for our Northern Hospital and our Southern Hospital. But right now our Northern Hospital is restricted on how many patients they can see because of not having enough nurses. They are also restricted because of not having enough physicians. So we are desperately looking for physicians, nurse practitioners, PAs, physician assistants, anybody who can help out. There was one week, probably two weeks ago, one week where they turned away 350 people at the door of the hospital because we didn't have enough physicians to even be able to see them. You can imagine how devastating that is. This is the employee body. Uh, They already have that many employees, and they are there um, with the goal of serving the Lord. Now, in our northern hospital, not all of our employees are believers, but the ones who have close contact with patients are, and and, and we missionaries are, are there. And so our goal is still the same. Our goal is still to see people come to Jesus Christ. What has got accomplished? Uh, I get to direct the nursing school and uh, teach in the nursing school. And believe me, it is absolutely exciting. It, that does not mean it's easy. I think of a roller coaster sometimes, you know? A roller coaster is an adventure and it's really a lot of fun. It goes up and, but it goes up and down. And uh, so just because God says, this is what I want you to do, does not mean it's always going to be an easy adventure. But it is an adventure. So these are just some some pictures. Our nursing school is a three-year nursing program. Uh, we take believing Togolese men and women uh, who come to us and we train them for three years to be nurses not just how to do all the different skills but also how to assess their patients how to know when to call the doctor how to know how to intervene before they call the doctor and uh, these guys graduate in three years period of time and thank God they work as nurses in one of our two hospitals and uh, so it's it's a it's a joy to to work with them our three-year nursing program includes classroom teaching uh all based on the bible we have three bible courses that are taught every single year in addition to all the nursing courses many times i tell people that i feel like i'm involved in a three-year discipleship program because even though people come in and they're already believers in jesus christ you just see them grow and i grow and and you see us you see us grow together as uh as we study as we learn as uh we we talk through what God is doing in people's hearts and lives and then of course there's always clinicals there's always uh, os- hospital experience as well and so that's a, an opportunity to work with them directly in the hospital most of our students, when they come to us, some of them have never had a blood pressure even taken on them. They definitely have never taken a blood pressure. Many of them have never checked a pulse. Many of them have never done a temperature. Uh, I like this, this picture because you can see down here on the right, you can see uh, there's several hands and it looks a little bit confusing maybe at first. But this is teaching our students how to, do a, how to check a pulse. And so this is one student sitting here, and I'm checking his pulse on one side, and another student's checking his pulse on the other side. The theory is that probably the pulse would be the same in both arms. That's 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 what that's what you think, and and that's you that's true, except in certain situations. <laughs> but uh, so that's why I'm ch- I'm checking to make sure that what I get is the same as what this student gets. You get some very interesting results. You know, I'll say at the end of a minute, I'll say, okay, what did you find for the pulse? You know, the student, a student very proudly will look at me and say, 20. You know, and I'm, I'm like, 20, okay. Uh, maybe we should try this again. This is somebody, this is... Somebody, <laughs> this is This is a student who's sitting there, who's breathing, who's talking, and uh, and probably twenty is not the right response, Um, but uh, but it's 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 always it's interesting. Uh, you can see the uh, the concentration on this student 's face as she tries to draw fluid out of a vial for the first time into a syringe, just, just the way she 's concentrating they 'd have to learn all of these different skills because they have to come out and be excellent nurses for our hospital we would not We would not graduate them if it was anything less than that. Uh, I uh, tell our students, I say, I want you to go out around the hospital compound. I want you to pick up all the grapefruit, the oranges that you can find. We're going to practice this, the technique of injecting and so they do that so that's what uh, this this student down here is doing and uh, so they grab those uh, they're, they're so funny and they, they they really kind of adopt their orange or their grapefruit you know so I walked around the class one day after teaching and and here they've got their names on the on you know Kaku's grapefruit and Afi's uh, orange and you know things like that by the time we're done with the grapefruit and the oranges uh, we have we have them leaking all over the tables because they are loaded loaded with fluid uh the day arrives when they finally get to give an injection to a real person Uh, and and they think they're scared i am probably more nervous than they are i I remember uh, we've done now four different nursing programs i remember in our second nursing program and i had finished teaching all about giving injections and stuff like that and so we're practicing on real people and so there's a student and there's a guinea pig standing there and uh the student the student i um All of a sudden, he's got this this needle, the syringe in his hand, and he's supposed to inject the arm of this guy. And the student goes like this, and and I panicked. I mean, you know, he get he he's got his arm way back here, and I thought, oh my goodness, he's just gonna jab the daylights out of this guy. And uh, and so I said, Maoli, what are you doing? And he said, Don't worry. He said, Don't worry, Davy Sharon. He said, He said "Uh, my sleeve was in the way. (laughs) Okay, this is (laughs) we are we are relieved. but um, for their, their patient, this, this is one of our hospital, we have hospital gardeners and maintenance guys. And, and they are absolutely needed by the hospital, but they don't get paid as much as some of the other positions. And so I thought, aha, you know, this might be a good opportunity to get some guinea pigs uh, for the injections. And so I offered our gardeners, or our maintenance guy, to give them the equivalent of $1 for each of their two arms. So they could get two dollars, you know, in about uh, half an hour, and uh, and so I actually had a line out the door of uh, of people that wanted to <laughs> people that wanted to get injected that day. I, I had one of one of the gardeners came up to me and he said, "Could you do more than two sites?" He said, "He said, can you do legs and?" <laughs> I said I said we could, but we're not. We're doing two sites, and that's it for for today. So anyway, I use the word guinea pig. It's really it's, it's kind of funny. I, I I didn't mean to use that, but. Um I remember in the first nursing program, you know, when you're teaching uh, sometimes in a different language, and that actually the first nursing program I was teaching in English and it was being translated. And it, somewhere in my teaching, I used the phrase guinea pig. And all of a sudden I thought, oh my goodness, you know, probably nobody in Togo knows what a guinea pig is. And so I asked the class, I said, I said, have you ever, do you know what a guinea pig is? And this, this one student shot up his hand and he said, of course. He said, and I said, what is it? He said, it's the pig of a guinea. And I thought, <laughs> Okay, so I have never used that again in Togo. So I, I don't know where that popped into the, the head today. But, uh, but anyway, that's a, that's a guinea pig. Um, you know, they learn how to do IVs on each other. You can see the, the agony on the face of the person inserting the IV as well as the person on whom it is being inserted. So anyway, God is accomplishing some incredible things. Uh, many of you have been praying for the ministry in Togo. Many of you have been praying for these students. And I just want to thank you. Uh, Those of you who have received the prayer letters, some of you who have just heard about what God's doing there, you prayed. And God graduated, last May, God graduated 20 nursing students. This is our fourth nursing program, first time that every student we admitted actually graduated. First time. And we thank God. And we did not graduate them just because we knew we needed them they graduated because they deserve to graduate and uh so we we are so 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 thankful for that of those 20 16 of them are now serving in the hospital up north in mongo four of them were keeping at the hospital in the south because we had a few needs ourselves so um pray for these students when god puts them on your heart not students pray for these nurses they are missionaries truly uh, of those 16, about five of them came from the north. The others lived in the south, so they have left behind their families. They've left behind their churches. They've left behind their fields. Uh, some of them have left behind homes that they had, and they have moved now to the north of Togo uh, to serve God. And, uh, and different culture, different language, different religion. Uh, their families are not there. And uh, we thank God for that, but it is not easy. Sometimes you think, oh, Sharon, it's only Togo. You know, it's just one country. Yes, but it's 10 hours from where they live to the north of, to the north of Togo. They do not have resources like we do. They can't just say, oh, I'm going to get in a car and go up and down. And so uh, it, is, it is not easy, but God is using them. Baini is one of our graduates, Baini. A young man, and he's married, a wonderfully, wonderfully godly young man. He is actually from the town of Mongo. He's from the town where our new hospital is located. He was born into a Muslim family. He was selected by his colleagues in the nursing school to give a testimony at the end. This is graduation day and Beni shared his testimony with all of us. There were probably about 350 people who were there all together to see the graduation. And Beni said, I was born in a Muslim family. And he said, all my life that's all I learned was about Islam. But he said, I always had a desire to know Jesus. That's fascinating to me. He said, I always had a desire to know Jesus. And he said, I would always ask people, can you tell me about Jesus? And he, he said, I went to my imam, the, the leader in the Muslim faith, and said, can you tell me about Jesus? The imam said, I can't tell you a whole lot about Jesus. He said, I can tell you a lot about Muhammad, tell you about, a lot about the, uh, the Muslim religion. I can't tell you a lot about Jesus. One day, Beni was sent down to the south of Togo, uh, he had a sister who lived down there his family decided he could get better education down there and he came down to the south of Togo not far from our hospital and he uh, he kept asking who is Jesus one day he asked one of our employees at the hospital can you tell me about Jesus that employee took his Bible opened his Bible and explained who Jesus Christ was what Jesus Christ had done for him Baini opened his heart that day to the Lord and and yeah, you can you can clap for that one because that is incredible. He opened his heart to the Lord. He has a. I saw you over here. <laughs> that day for graduation, during his testimony, he said people all over the world are searching for gold. They're searching for treasure. I found treasure here in the south of Togo because I found Jesus Christ. That's 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 Beni. That's that's the kind of nurse that God is allowing us to produce through our nursing school. And his heart is to see churches established in Mongo. And uh, with God's help, uh, that's, what, that's what we'll do. Uh, that's what we'll see. So uh, if you go into our hospital today, you will see nurses sitting at the bedside, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with their patients. They're using nursing as a ministry for Christ. You prayed, and God graduated 20 new nurses. We have about 46 uh, nurses all together now who have graduated from our programs, and we, they, they are serving God. Uh, you prayed, and God is touching lives through what we call the community health evangelism, or the CHE ministry. God is touching people's hearts. Che ministry involves trained Togolese. We train them. They go into villages. They share how to prevent diseases and at the same time talk about how people can come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. They work in conjunction with a Togolese pastor. We don't want to go into villages, share the gospel of Jesus Christ, see new believers come come to Christ and just leave them just leave them alone with no follow-up, no discipleship, nothing. That that does not work. So our goal is that we would see people come to Christ and then grow in him. So we work with the Togolese pastor. And this is, this is a ministry that is just exciting as well to see because God is using this ministry, these people. These are our CHE leaders. These people go every single week into villages to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to talk about how to prevent diseases. God is doing an incredible work. Some of you know that in a prayer letter, I started talking about the need for a vehicle for this ministry. We had a car that we were using. That car about every two weeks was breaking down. We were pouring money into that thing. Probably about three years, I started writing in prayer letters about the need to have something that was more dependable. In uh, December of 2013, God supplied the money to be able to buy this vehicle. Again, you prayed, and God provided a Che vehicle. This is brand new, came from uh, Toyota Gibraltar. Now, I didn't know it, but I guess the best Toyotas that are made in the whole world come from Gibraltar. Those are the ones that the UN buys and, and humanitarian aid organizations. God provided the money for this. I, I, there were times when I looked at the ABW account statement uh, for the Che vehicle and, and it was like, it just kept going up and up and up and I thought, where in the world is this money coming from? And some of these people, I didn't even know. And it was just exciting to see how God was supplying the money for this vehicle. Uh, 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 Just a few days, uh, actually a couple weeks, I guess, after we got that, all all of us involved with the chain ministry encircled the vehicle, put our hands on that vehicle, and we prayed and dedicated that vehicle to Jesus Christ. That is used for the village ministry. That is used for the chain ministry so that we can get to any village to which God leads us. And, and we don't want there to be any village that we, can't, we say we can't get there because of the lack of a good, dependable vehicle. And so we thank the Lord for that. You prayed... And, and God, is, God is saving people, and he is building his church in Togo. I just, I mean, he is busting the open Togo for Jesus Christ. And it's exciting. Somebody the other day was talking to me about uh, somebody who, who had, had burned his idols. I'm going to say a little bit about that in a minute. And, and, and he used the phrase, he said, God won. And that's what's happening in Togo. God is winning. God is winning. And, and you're praying. You're sending you're getting teams over there, and I have the privilege of being able to be there on the ground serving the Lord and watching what he's doing and then sharing with you what God's doing in Togo. That's one of our local pastors that we work with. We're seeing people baptized. If you look at this picture on the right-hand side, those are the people that were baptized that particular day uh, right here, and the rest of us were either up on this bridge looking down, watching the baptism or along, along the shore there. You can see the color of the water uh uh, hopefully not like ferndale's uh if you get baptized in togo you don't open your mouth ever or or you end up at our hospital for (laughs) for a little while so uh but god is god is saving people people are coming to christ and then they're showing that they have accepted christ through baptism and that's exciting There's a verse in, Pastor, you might have to correct me, uh, it's either 1st or 2nd Thessalonians 1, 9, that says how you turn to God from idols to serve the living, 1st Thessalonians, to serve the living and true God. And we are seeing that happen in Togo as well. How idolaters, uh, fetishers, animistic people, people who are when I say fetisher, it's like the person who tells other people what sacrifice they need to bring. The person who sells the amulets, who sells the, the gourds, the, the things that you use to worship. And these people are coming to Jesus Christ, accepting Christ as Savior, and then turning from idols to serve the living and true God. And they're burning their idols. And, and that is amazing. I've gotten to be at at uh, least two, I think, three different idol-burning uh, services in Togo. And uh, you just stand there and watch those idols burn and cheer and thank the Lord for it. Uh, this particular man, his name is Paul. That's, that's the name that he wanted to take when he accepted Christ as Savior. And he was a fetisher. He was leading other people in worshiping idols. And when he accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, he took the name Paul. And what I'd like you to do is I'd, I'd like to read his testimony to you. If you get the prayer letters, you've already read this. But uh, this is it. This is, uh, this is incredible this is Paul's testimony I was there the day he burned his idols he gave his testimony first he gave it in a, a, a local language a tribal language that was translated into French I scribbled like crazy trying to get down this whole testimony and then put it into English uh, for you and I'd like to I'd like to read it to you this is Paul's testimony Paul talking I was born in a covering in other words, I was born with something over my whole body, my head, as well as the rest of my body. Now, when I heard that, I, I've been a nurse for years and years and years, and I thought, wow, I never heard of that, but I am not a maternity nurse. So when I got back after the, serv- the, the village service that day where he burned his idols, I got on the Internet, and I wrote to some friends who teach maternity nursing. I said, have you ever heard of this, where somebody's born with a covering over their whole body? And they said, yes, actually, it's called a call birth, C-A-U-L, and rarely happens, but at times there are babies that are born with a membrane that that covers their whole body. Uh, So that's what happened apparently to Paul. He says, my parents thought I was dead when I was born, but someone cut off the covering that was over my mouth and nose and I started to breathe. Then they took off the rest of the clothing quote, clothing that covered me. Because of the way I was born, I was destined to fetishism and to have special abilities. That was their belief. The covering in which I was born, other than the face covering that was cut off, was formed into an amulet. And this is what he has right here. It's an old, dried. this is the old, dried covering that he was born in. They made that into an amulet. Paul said, I have worn this amulet around my waist for my entire life. It is the root of my power. Throughout my life, I have been involved with evil spirits. There were 12 spirits that surrounded me at all times. These spirits were to protect me, but they afflicted me. Even though I was supposed to be protected, I was afraid to walk outside at night. I lived in fear. I lived in fear. The spirits talked with me and I talked with them. The spirits told me that I could not eat certain things. I could not eat any crab or pork or certain vegetables. If I ate those things, I would be sick. Now I can eat everything. This is Paul talking. Now I can eat everything. Last night I ate pork, and I do not get sick. The spirits also told me that I had to wear white robes on Fridays, and that I needed to sleep under white sheets, and they told me many other things. Catch, catch this. During all this time, I knew nothing of Jesus. I wanted to know Jesus. Again, just like Benny. I wanted to know Jesus, but the spirits would not let me. I searched for Jesus. I went to five different, quote, churches to try and find Jesus. The prophets in these churches told me many things that I needed to do. In one church, I was told that I needed to pay the equivalent of $200 and also bring a white duck and some termites. At another church, church, someone gave me a cross in a bottle. At another church, someone put his hand on me and I fell. I said I did not want that. I wanted to find... <laughs> I, I wouldn't either. I said I did not want that. I wanted to find Jesus. I finally found Jesus at the Baptist church in Aguje. I went to this church, and at the end of one of the services, I talked with the church leaders and the pastor. They explained to me about Jesus, that I was a sinner. I had sinned against God, that I could not be forgiven by anything I could do myself, that God sent his son, Jesus, to the world, that Jesus, the son of the one true God, died on the cross to pay for my sins, and that he rose from the dead, and that I could have peace and eternal life in heaven and freedom from fear if I put my trust in him. I did that. And the church leaders and the pastor prayed for me, and the voices of the spirits ended except for one spirit that was very resistant. I continued to hear that voice. So the pastor came to my house again and he and the church leaders prayed seriously for me to be delivered from the voice of that spirit and I have not heard that voice since. The pastor showed me Psalm 91 and told me to read that. I am no longer afraid to walk outside at night. I can even walk in the dark without fear. I know that Jesus has delivered me and today I want to burn the final things that I have kept that have been associated with the spirits, the amulet made from the covering in which I was born and the clothes that I wore to do ceremonies. That's the testimony that Paul gave that day. And then after he gave that testimony, brought, all, brought the amulet, brought the, uh, the white robes, we went out, pastor lit a fire, he put those things in there, and we sang and praised God as those things burned. That is exciting. Paul needs our prayers because a community, a family does not necessarily agree with somebody accepting Christ and choosing to burn their idols. Before I left Togo, I called Paul's pastor, and I said, tell me how he's doing, because it is not always easy to follow through on a decision like that. And the pastor said, Sharon, you would be so happy. He's doing fantastic. He said he is attending church. He's studying his Bible. He's growing in Jesus Christ. And he said, keep praying for Paul, but he's doing well. That was on a Sunday morning that I went to this idol burning service Sunday night we had a missionary service where all of us missionaries get together every Sunday night and we sang a song and the song was Jesus paid it all and let me just let me just give you the words to that Lord now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the lepers spots and melt the heart of stone that's what happened to Paul Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow. God is is working in hearts. The picture that's up there explains again, says again, that our goal is to see people come to Jesus Christ. If you look closely at that picture, you'll see there's one white hand and a bunch of black hands. The white hand is mine, and there's a bunch of Togolese brothers and sisters who have their hands, and they have the wordless worm, the colors of the wordless book, and, uh, and what that shows to me is that this is a partnership. The missionaries are not doing this alone. Uh, we're working with godly Togolese believers, and we are sent by faithful churches and faithful individuals in the United States, and we are prayed for by you. And God is doing an incredible work. Lord, you give us peace for all that we do. It is you who accomplish it for us. And we're so thankful for that. Couple of prayer requests for you, and then I'd like to just close with one song about prayer. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it, but uh, that's it. But uh, please pray for workers. We need workers in Togo. We need workers in every country around the world, not just Togo. We need people. And there I've just put down some ideas up there, some, some occupations that we could use. And we, we just need people who would be willing to say, God, I'm not going to hang on to my life. Like we were talking to the, the youth last night, wherever, whenever, whatever. Wherever you want to use me, whatever you want me to do, whenever you choose. Uh, and, and, and see what God does. See what God does with your life. Uh, so we need people. Please pray. We need, we need finances for the next nursing program. We just need even wisdom for the next nursing program. When I get back to Togo, probably the end of September this year, we'll start student selection, and so pray for that. You can't imagine the wisdom that we need to go from 240 candidates down to 20, which is what we did last time. Chances are we'll have more applicants this time even than last time. Pray for wisdom. Pray for the finances to come in. The Adopt a Student Nurse brochure explains how you can support a nursing student now this is a fantastic deal. It's nothing like so somebody going to Cedarville or Liberty where you pay thirty thousand a year. For six thousand dollars, you can support a nursing student all the way through all three years. Somebody the other day said, "Sharon, there is no way in the world I can I can I can support a nursing student for six thousand dollars." I said, "Oh, don't worry about it. You can you can just uh, do an arm or a leg, or." Uh, or a finger, I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. But if God tugs your heart, if you're interested in that, please grab one of those brochures and explains about doing that, or you can just uh, just write to me. Uh, so that's exciting. Baini, you saw Baini back there who gave his testimony at graduation. Baini was one of these guys that kind of barely squeaked by through every single trimester of the whole nursing program. Uh, I remember I was speaking at a church in Southern California and uh, after I spe- finished speaking at that church in Southern California, there were two ladies who said, we want to take you to lunch. I never turned down lunch, dinner, or anything like that. So I said, oh, that'd be great. We got into the car, and these two ladies, they were probably, I would say, maybe like mid-80s, early 80s, something like that. So they, we, they got in the car. I was in the back. And one of these ladies punched the other. She elbowed her in the ribs. And she said, do you want to tell Sharon, or should I? And I thought, what in the world are they gonna tell Sharon? And, uh, and, and then they finally, they finally said, we want to adopt a student. And I said, that'd be fantastic. And they said, we want to adopt a student who's really having trouble. And I sent them Baini's name. And they prayed for Beni. They prayed all through three years of school for Beni. They got their church praying for Beni. They finally they didn't send in any more money, but they asked for two other names. So I sent them two other ones that were struggling, and, and they got behind those guys. Would Baini have graduated without their prayers? I don't know. Only God knows. But all I know is that God used those ladies, that church. and uh, Baini is now a nurse in Mongol. So God is providing. We're projecting that we need about $140,000 altogether. We have about $111,000, which is absolutely incredible. And uh, God, just just pray that God brings in what is needed for that. Pray for our Che ministry, that God gives direction to us and that he allows us to get into the villages he wants and that he touches hearts in those villages. We need uh, monthly support for the Che ministry as well. Just pray and pray for safety for all of us, Togolese and missionary uh as you know ebola was uh is still a major concern in West Africa. It doesn't seem to be in the news very much now in America, but uh, pray for us. We have had no cases of Ebola in Togo, none in Ghana, none in Burkina Faso, none in Benin, the countries surrounded. So we are actually ahead of you guys in the United States um, where there has been a case of Ebola. Uh, But pray that God would just uh, eliminate that from these countries over here and that God would protect us. This is election year in Togo. Maybe it's time for the Lunsfords to come back because they did last time an election year, uh, and that can always cause some problems with opposition and some violence. So we just pray that God would help us. Question is, how will you allow God to use you? Are you willing to give, to pray, to to send, uh, to uh, to go? What did I forget there? To go as well. And uh, so, the, how will God you allow allow you to be used? Prayer is essential. And I want to close just with uh, a few slides of Togo, but also a song that's going to play. And uh, the song is based on Exodus, the story where um, Joshua was leading the army of Israel against the Amalekites, the enemy, and uh, Moses was sitting up on a mountain watching this battle take place. Moses had the rod of God in his hands. When he lifted that rod up, the Israelites won. When he let the rod down, the enemy won. Uh, And Moses, as he watches this battle, is getting tired. He's trying to hold that rod of God up so that the Israelites will win, but he got tired. And he had two men, one on each side of him, Aaron and Hur. And they took Moses' arms, lifted them up, and held them up until the Israelites won the victory that day. And sometimes we use that picturing prayer. Your missionaries need you. Your missionaries get tired. Your missionaries get disappointed, discouraged. They get overwhelmed. And they need your prayers. And I would just encourage you, just lift up, we missionaries. Lift up the ministries in these countries, countries where you support other missionaries. Uh, Just lift us up in prayer. And, 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 And then watch what God does. Thank you, First Baptist Ferndale Church family. Thank you, Pastor Lunsford, for the privilege of being able to be here and share with you what God's doing in Togo.
1: In the book of Acts, when the apostles were out preaching Christ initially, they would share certain things, and then they would say, this same Jesus. I think we need to take note today that the same Jesus who's working in Africa, is working here. The same Jesus who freed a man from the superstition and slavery to spirits can free you from whatever you're struggling with. In the book of Isaiah, we read this, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That is the good news. This is Palm Sunday, the week before Easter. We celebrate the victory of the resurrection next week. Today, we remember the death of Christ on the cross. And I wonder if you know the truth of these verses in your life. Has he carried your sorrows? Has he given you peace? Do you know him the way those people know him that we saw today?